welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 13, Proving Ground. Yay! Hey. I feel like I needed something. <laughs> I know. I feel every time I edit this, I'm like, do I need to, like, take the, like, intro song and, like, chop it up so, like, it's sort of underneath that little intro and then, like, comes back in after I do the episode title and then there's a like big finish it's a big something before we go into this random crap we say to each other before we actually start reviewing the episode in my head i always imagine that it's that old sound effect that's just like dun 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 you know when they reveal the killer (laughs) (laughs) insert sound effect here (laughs) no it doesn't happen in my head every time (laughs) <laughs> every now and then I see this post like or on the internet of like what sound do like like in your head when you see like four exclamation marks in a row or like lol or like rofl like does that make a noise in your brain or like like how does your brain process like that sort of meme language if you will that's like not actually words and like like you know the key smash stuff like does that make like a noise in your brain Oh, um, no, it actually does not make the onomatopoeia noises. I imagine people saying those things like because you know how when when somebody is funny and you'll laugh and then you'll be like, oh, my God, you're so funny. I imagine them just actually saying (laughs) (laughs) when I see like, LOL, I'll imagine somebody being like laughing out loud. Oh, my God, you're so funny. (laughs) I don't imagine hearing a laugh. Okay, which that reminds me of, um, did you, like, did you watch Scrubs at all? A little bit. Okay, so there was, like, a, a, a run of a few episodes that, like, Mandy Moore guest starred in, and, like, she was dating JD for a little while, and this thing was, like, whenever anybody would make a joke, she would just go, oh, my God, that's so funny. Like, she wouldn't actually laugh. She would just go, oh, my God, that's so funny, but never actually laugh. And it, like, oh, and that was, that was the thing. thing that kind of, like, made JD break up with her, because it's, like that's just, I can't deal with that. Just actually laugh. Just Feel your emotions. Laugh. Just laugh, but she wouldn't. But anyway. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. So it's like that. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. if I ever see anybody actually type out, ha ha, I don't imagine them laughing. I just imagine them going like, yeah, huh, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, cause ha ha is very different from like, LOL. Those yeah. are very different things. I will agree yeah. on that. Yes. It is. How often when you type LOL, have you actually quite literally <laughs> laughed out loud? No, I'm like hardly ever. No, it's usually just a default response. You're like, eh. yeah, oh, it's, it's the Mandy Moore. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't LOL. mean, I mean, it doesn't. I don't think it wasn't funny. I just, I'm home by myself. So why am I just like laughing? Because there's nobody here and that's kind of awkward. Why am I laughing to myself like an idiot when I can just type it instead? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Got it. Makes total sense. Right, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. (laughs) Okay. Should we get to the reason that we're here? We should. Okay. So this is Proving Ground. It originally aired on March 8th, 2022. Or sorry, not 2022, 2002. 
Oh, that's better. I was like, that's not right. It didn't air last year. It aired 21 years years ago. ago. (sighs) Which is actually, which is six months after Wormhole Extreme. So that was quite a big break. But, you know, again, Wormhole Extreme aired like three days before 9-11. So the world was kind of weird for a while. So, and this is a military show. So I I guess it kind of makes sense. But Mm, that they were like, let's cool that off a little bit. Yeah, so probably a good idea. Yeah, so yeah, so we had a six month break. I don't know how planned that was, but that's just what ended mm-hmm. up happening. Yeah. Um, it was written by Ron Wilkerson and directed by Andy Makita. And on the commentary, we had Andy Jiminard and James Titchener. And in this episode, SG-1 trains a team of raw cadets, and Colonel O'Neill is forced to take them into a real-life battle situation when he learns of a possible alien incursion at the SGC. Is he, though? That's what they want us to think. (laughs) (laughs) So, so this is an interesting episode in that, like, it's not about SG-1, like, at all. It was interesting. I did like that. Yeah. And I I tried to do some research to see, was this, like, supposed to be some sort of maybe, like, backdoor pilot, possible spinoff thing? But, like, just, no, this was just an episode. Because, you know. Something like this would, like, nowadays would be like, hey, can we make, like, a the young SGC kind of spinoff show or something? But no, this okay. was just... This was make just this thing. one and see what sticks. Yep. So. I, I liked it, but I thought it was a very extreme exercise for recruiting one person. <laughs> well, they did recruit all of them. It's just there was only one opening at the time. So, I mean, at the end of the whole episode, I was just thinking to myself, like, is this what they do for every single person that ends up on an SG team? Because that's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, it's just because they were new cadets and needed to be, like, thrown into the fire, kind of. Yeah, I think it's possibly that in that they're, like, recent graduates of just the Air Force Academy in general. Um, So they kind of need to test their general battle skills but then also their battle skills in regards to alien encounters plus they're also being trained by sg1 so does that change the stakes at all true right possibly Mm -hmm. i totally saw through all of the exercises (laughs) but i'm okay that was going to be one of my questions later on. I was like, did, like, how, like, when did you realize this was all still a training scenario? Like, oh, no. totally. I, I figured it was like an exercise within an exercise within an exercise. But if I was one of the cadets, I would then always think that I'm just being tested in an exercise. <laughs> well, that's actually happening. That is kind of what happens at the end. We're just like, you think the testing's over? <laughs> What? Oh. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Anyway, um, <laughs> so this episode opens with Jack, Tilk, and four young cadets outside a warehouse. And we see that one of the cadets is Jennifer Haley from that episode Prodigy a while ago. Uh, one of them keeps asking questions about, like, what's going on. But Jack does not really have any specific answers. The situation, as Jack explains it, is thus. Two of my team members were chasing a ghoul. They've been missing for four hours. So, okay, then apparently something very serious has gone down at the SGC. So right. uh, 
this, this this young man is Lieutenant Elliot, and Jack tells him to get uh, his team, so the four young cadets there, to secure the perimeter. And he and Tilk are going to head inside and hopefully rescue Sam and Daniel. So they all get set up, and after a bit of time, we hear the sound of gun and zat fire from inside this building. Uh, one of the other recruits, Grogan, wants to head in and help, but Elliot orders him to stay put. Jack then comes over the radio and is like, hey, stop chatting. We need backup. So they all head in. And once they finally make it into like what's going on, we see Sam holding a zat on Daniel, who's sort of down on the floor, pointing his handgun at her. Jack and Tilk are also laying on the floor unconscious slash dead, which is apparently our new thing for the show. People are unconscious slash dead until proven one way or the other. Elliot orders Sam to drop her weapon and in a goulded voice, she replies that Daniel has been turned into a ghoul and they need to get him back to the SGC. Daniel denies this because she's the one that's talking like a ghoul. So Sam's like, I'm a Tok'ra, not a ghoul. Daniel's the ghoul. And Daniel's like, she's already shot me once with his at. If she shoots me again, I'm dead, which very good point. So Grogan just fires of his own accord at Sam, gets her down and they all kind of like lower the weapons. Lieutenant Elliot's not happy. And he's just like, well, a second shot would have killed Dr. Jackson, which is very true. But unfortunately, Grogan was wrong because Daniel is a ghoul. Sam was the Tok'ra. Daniel files his weapon. And now everybody is dead. No. Is this, I don't remember at this point, are they using the stun machine guns? Or is that later? No, that's so that is here. So... It's quote-unquote dead because this has been a training exercise and all the guns are actually equipped with what are known as INTAR rounds, which is from the Rules of Engagement episode. Yes, I recognize yes. that. I was like, okay, the same weapon. Yeah, you can tell by that sort of bright red glowing jewel on like the bottom where like the, the rounds go. Yeah, where the thing happens and stuff. Yes, where the stuff the happens. The things yeah. go in there. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so this has all been a training exercise. Jack dismisses the cadets with an order to report back to the ready line in 20 minutes. And then we get a little bit of a funny moment where Daniel still has the, like, Gould voice modulator on. <laughs> and they're like, and Daniel's like, weren't you a little hard on them? And he's like, could you please turn that off? Because it is a little disconcerting. But... So we come back from the opening credits and we have Jack and Sam giving the cadets the rundown of the training exercise and how they completely failed. Uh, Lieutenant Elliot allowed one of his teammates to distract him. Satterfield let her quote unquote feelings for Daniel get in the way of thinking that he could have possibly been a ghoul, which was just like, I mean, I get it, but also like, really? Yeah. And then apparently Lieutenant Haley was just waiting for Elliot to tell her to shoot both of them. Because as she says, if you don't know who's a ghoul and who's a Tok'ra, disable them by whatever means necessary and sort it out later. Which that's what Jack wanted. <laughs> like situations like this aren't yeah. always cut and dry. Especially when you're dealing with aliens who are like possibly gods. But then there's also the same alien type of species that are the good guys. And it's like... How are you supposed to know in the moment? You can't. So disable everybody, figure it out later when you're quote unquote safe, if you will. You can question them later. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Elliot then brings up that he doesn't believe Jack and Tilk would have been taken out in this scenario, given their like backgrounds and training. Jack brushes that off as not important. Not. <laughs> 
I love that comment there where he's just like, there's there's no way this was real because you wouldn't have let yourself get taken like that. Like, no, that's, I couldn't decide if that was an awesome answer or the dumbest answer. I know. <laughs> like, it's kind of both. It's like, I mean, great for thinking, you know, Jack and Tilk are as awesome as they say they are, but also training exercise. Just take the situation as it is, really, mm-hmm. if you will. Um but anyway, Jack tries to just brush that off as not important, and he that he thinks Lieutenant Elliot is like overthinking the situation, which can be dangerous in these types of uh, scenarios. Uh, they're all dismissed, and then Sam mentions that he, you know, Lieutenant Elliot was maybe kind of right, and that okay, sir, fine, so they'll fix it for the next little like training session. Mm-hmm. Jack heads out from the warehouse where he is intercepted by Elliot, who apologizes for his attitude earlier, but that's not a problem. Like, Jack likes attitude. Like, attitude's fine with Jack. It's just, you know, oh, the overthinking thing is, like, like it's, it's sort of like Elliot is, like, so I want this job that he's just, like, it's just too much for Jack to deal with. So Jack's like, just, like, just do the work. And you'll either be recommended or not. Like, chill out. Just do what you're asked to do, and we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get a little scene of the cadets sort of chilling and talking things through, sort of sitting around the trucks that are there, mostly about Jack and how he he doesn't, like, like anyone, apparently. They all think that Jack just hates everybody. When Haley, again, apparently mentions the events of Prodigy and how awesome Jack was during that. So I was also trying to imagine like at once what circumstances or how she would go about being like I worked with them I went off planet or like because I don't think she would brag about it but maybe she would maybe not brag but anytime there's maybe like an opening she would just be like oh I know I know about that I was in that I can tell you about yeah. that I went off world I went off world yeah, yeah. anyway. Um, but like personally, she's thrilled that Jack is their training commander because if they're chosen, that means that they were chosen by the best. Uh, which I mean, like I get it. That makes sense. You know, if SG, if you get the SG one seal of approval, that means you got to be pretty freaking awesome. So mm-hmm. she's then like, also let's promise that we either all make it or we all don't, which is kind of dumb. I don't yeah, like that so much. There's no. no way that's even possible. No, no, it's not. <laughs> Uh, the three of them then go for a run, but Elliot stays by the trucks, like thinking about everything that's happened. We then cut to the SGC commissary, commissary where Jack joins Sam, who is eating her blue jello. And they talk about the cadets and how like the training is going. And Jack just thinks that thinks that Elliot thinks too much and that makes him indecisive. Grogan will make a really good target. Satterfield is super smart, but he would never go into combat with her. And I, yes, Haley, the four foot nine fighting machine, I think he says, like, as he basically sort of like rolls her eyes at at her. Um, According to the commentary, the original filming of this episode came up short. So this is one of two scenes that actually ended up being added and filmed like much later to get shoved into like that. It does kind of seem kind of stuck in there. A bit. I mean, I think it's good to get, like, I like understanding how Jack and Sam are thinking about these kids, but it does feel very sort of separate from what's what's going on in the rest of the episode. Right. 
So we are back at the training facility, like new day, new scenario. And apparently inside the warehouse now, there is a valuable piece of alien technology. The Stargate is half a mile away and it will be open for 12 more minutes. And there are also opposing forces inside, as Jack says, which he then sort of sets various things ablaze. And there's like small explosions all over the place outside before he heads in. And then Elliot assumes command and orders his team to go ahead and move in. As they, they had not, they did not move fast enough for a team that needed to get back to the gate in 12 minutes. Yeah, not really. Not, not at all. Not even a little bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> there, I, I will say they did mention the commentary here that like these four actors like are not people who've had months or years of like training to be so any sort of like military character, and they really complimented for for like picking it up really quickly like they probably had a couple days at most to sort of pick up like how military people move and hold their weapons and oh the all of that boot camp yeah. yeah yeah so there, there there were props given to the actors for how well and how quickly they got into the characters that they needed to be oh nice if you will okay cool yeah so as they head in, Jack is up above on like a catwalk firing down as the quote unquote opposing force. They start advancing through, but Grogan gets gets hit with an intar blast. And apparently Jack has turned his weapon up to like maximum. So he's like, oh, he's like taken out. Uh, they have seven minutes left. So Elliot orders Grogan to start heading back towards the gate while the rest of them keep moving in to try and find this device that they're looking for. Lieutenant Haley then pulls out a scanner and sort of points them in the right direction. And they find this burlap sack hanging from the ceiling. They get it down, open it up. It's just, just this sort of metallic sphere of sorts. They open it up. There's a bunch of like wires and lights and stuff. It's like, maybe it's a power source. And oh no, it starts beeping and counting down in Gould. No. It's been booby trapped. No. no. Haley wants to try disarming it, but Elliot says that there's no time. And I have to note here that these kids seem to have an awful lot of SGC-specific knowledge already. Like, Satterfield was like, it's counting down in Gould. Like, how do you know all the Gould numbers <laughs> like, already? That's a really good point you know, for this kind like, of auditioning. Yeah, it's like, how much, I guess, sort of, like, pr like... How long has it been since they were introduced to the SGC to like sort of this sort of training scenario situation? Because they seem to know a lot already. So is this sort of like the final phase of the SGC initiation, I guess? Well, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they've already passed working at the SGC. They're just auditioning to be an off-world team member oh that could make sense i so, feel like that's what i'm going with yes okay i can buy that i like that mm -hmm. that's a good that's yeah. a good thought yeah okay yeah so we then sort of cut to jack outside and he's like looking at his watch like where are these kids what's going on and then we see um elliot Haley, and satterfield head outside of the warehouse where Jack's waiting and he's like, so what happened? And, you know, they tell him everything that went down and Jack asks if Haley could have disarmed and she's like, yeah, possibly. But like she, she first tries to sort of sidestep Jack's question by going, I trusted Elliot's command when like he told me what to do. I just did that. And he's like, that's not my question. My question is, 
could you have disarmed the booby trap thing? And she's like, maybe. Um, but then Elliot adds in that he prioritized the lives, the lives of his teammates over acquiring this like alien technology. And Jack's like, oh, you did? Where's Grogan? Where's your other teammate? Where's your fourth team member? He's not here. Kaboom, like the thing explodes. So Grogan apparently died, quote unquote, in the explosion. And the one thing Jack will not tolerate is leaving people behind, which we have actually seen happen time and time again. So, yes, that is the one thing Jack will not tolerate. Yes. True. Yes. Uh, luckily, they are saved by Jack's phone ringing and he sort of, you know, steps away to answer it. And we sort of get bits and pieces of Jack's side of the conversation. But the most important parts of that are Foothold and Sierra Gulf Charlie. So question, do you yes. think that Jack kind of berating them in the manner that he did was like also just part of the exercise to kind of like get him riled up or get him like in the mood to continue with the rest of the exercise or was he really giving them hell? I think it may have been equal parts both because I do think the like not actually them actually not getting Grogan out really did piss Jack off. Mm -hmm. And also I think he could have maybe given them some leeway on the not de-arming the booby trap thing. I think he may have been willing to be like, that wasn't great, but okay. I kind of get it in the situation, but I think it's really the leaving Grogan behind. That was like, that's no, you cannot. That's not a thing that you can do at all. So. Yeah, I can't imagine that the rest of the exercise would have gone the same way if they came out and he was like, that was fantastic. Well done. Okay, bye. Yeah. Wait a minute. I have a phone call. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I do kind of wonder, like, if they had actually succeeded and done well, I mean, they could, you could still proceed with the phone call. Oh, ex- but, you know, in the excuse me, let, I'll be right back. And right. you would still have the rest yeah. of the stuff. But then probably being berated before this thing probably, yeah, did kind of give them the kick in the pants, if you will. Felt like they had more to prove. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Jack heads back over towards the cadet and basically sends them home until somebody from the Air Force gets in touch. And Elliot tries to argue that they have a right to know what's going on. But no, they no, they don't. No, they don't. Um, They're then interrupted again by the arrival of two military Hummers pulling up. And we see Jack change the clip in his gun from the intar rounds to live rounds, supposedly. Theoretically. And, theoretically. And there's like a general and three other military personnel who exit the vehicles. And Jack goes over to greet slash intercept them. But like the camera stays back with the cadets. So we don't hear any of what is being said between Jack and everybody else. And they're talking about what they overheard from the phone call. And Elliot or- orders everybody to set their intars to max. Something then happens because Jack shoots the general and the other military guys there with him. But he manages to actually get shot in return and goes down. Elliot kind of holds everybody back for a second. And then once Jack starts to get up, they head over to help. Jack tells them they're all dismissed until he personally context them so this is a change earlier it was just like anybody from the air force but now it's until i personally contact you Mm. and elliot's like you need our help 
you know, they know this is a foothold situation and given what's just happened, it's apparently already made its way outside of the SGC and checks like, I was about to fail you. I don't really want your help right now, but uh, they're all he has. And he's like, fuck, that's true. So, okay. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Let's see what happens, basically. <laughs> Let's see if it works. See if this works. Uh, we then cut to Jack and the cadets making their way to one of the access hatches that are outside the SGC, which is apparently just, like, right around the corner from where that training facility was, just, like, filming-wise. Oh. Because <laughs> that hatch is just a prop that they just put wherever they need it to Stuck be for there. filming that yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so... Once they get inside, they'll hit up the armory and then try to find Sam because she's the one who actually got the word out about there being a foothold situation at the SGC. We need they, to point out again how easy it was for them to just get in a pipe to get, <laughs> to get in the SGC. Yeah, apparently, apparently whoever had taken over the foothold hadn't changed the access hatch access codes. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yay for us. <laughs> yes. Yay. Anyway, um, so they get the hatch open. Jack orders Elliot to take point and also mentions that Sam's lab is on sub-level 19. So they stop by the armory and Jack gives the cadets, like, actual live weapons, supposedly. Supposedly. Supposedly, because he says they'll need the backup. There's some sort of noise down the hall, so Jack motions everybody to head inside the little, like, closet that the armory is at this point, and Elliot leaves the door cracked a little bit, and we are able to see that uh, Tilk and two other airmen meet in the hall, and Sam has escaped custody, and he orders the airmen to search sublevels 14 through 20 to find her. He then radios to Daniel that Hammond has been captured and conformed which is very interesting language. Like, what does that mean? That's a very interesting know. word. I I loved this interaction of, of them, you know, overhearing Teal'c. Yes. It. I, I always wonder, like, how much do you think those characters had fun with it? <laughs> like, oh. Did, did Teal'c really enjoy his acting job for the day? Because I feel like he totally would have. Oh, I, yes. I'm, I think he did. Yes, very much. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But then he then goes on to mention that he will have Sam put to death once she is found per Daniel's orders. Oh, man. So this Daniel, is, again. Yes. So this is going to be where I asked you, did you realize yet what was going on? Like sort of at this point, had you realized oh, yeah. that this was still the training scenario? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, especially so at, at Teal's speech, which was... Just so happens to be directly outside of where they were hiding. I know. It's like, how convenient. (laughs) So Jack and the cadets make it up to Sam's lab. They knock out the guard on duty. And Haley is able to quickly get into the computer and pull up the security footage from the base. And one of the things we see is that the gate is active. So they need to go shut that down. But they have to do it from the control room or the gate room as the dining computer is isolated from the base mainframe. So basically like they can't shut down the gate from Sam's lab. They have to do it from the computers that are directly responsible for gate activity, if Mm. you will, which that's good to know. I like that. 
they continue sort of like flipping through the various security cameras and then they find Daniel sitting in Hammond's office. And so he is apparently the one in charge in this foothold situation. They watch as he exits the office and approaches a device that is on the table in the briefing room. And he holds his hands over it and there's some kind of light that is emitted. And there's also like some symbols on the device. And okay, so Daniel's possessed, maybe? Something. What's the quip that Jack makes of like, he's always wanted that chair? He's always <laughs> wanted that office, I think. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, it's hard to make out the writing like on the device through the camera. So Elliot orders Satterfield and Grogan to go to Daniel's office as he may have taken photos of this device before this whole situation happened. And then Elliot and Haley are going to go shut down the gate. Jack starts to get up to head out with them, but he's obviously still in pain, quote unquote, from being shot, quote unquote. So Elliot convinces him to like stay put. And he's like, we got this. It's okay. So Jack gives Elliot his access card and then reminds them that, you know, these people are still SGC personnel. So save them, please. Yes. Please don't kill them. Basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haley and Elliot get down to sub level 28 and run into some F- some SFs and there's a firefight and we kind of jump back and forth between this little skirmish and Grogan and Satterfield getting into Daniel's office and at one point, Haley's entire weapon jams, and so she has to shoot one of the guards with a live round. Apparently, she's never actually killed somebody before, so it's a bit there. There's a bit of a moment where she's like, "Oh crap, I actually killed somebody," and which is fun to. I mean, it's it is a better time to watch at the end when you know that she's been involved the whole time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> to know that she's shooting somebody as it were. Yes. And then, Oh my God, I have shot someone. Yeah. Oh yeah. no. Yes. Never done that before. <laughs> mm-hmm. So up in Daniel's office, there's kind of a little fun bit where Satterfield is kind of like fangirling a bit over all of this stuff in Daniel's office. And Grogan's like, Hey, this isn't a museum. We have a job to do. Yep. So, like, I get it. So, time now. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so she's managed to find images of the device and says that it's an obscure dialect that SG-1 first encountered on Argos, which, remember Argos? No. If I told you it was the planet where Jack ate the cake. Oh, that's right. Yes, way back he in season one. makes a line later of saying he was 100 years old. And yes. I picked it up then. Yes. So, yep. Got so it. that planet, yeah. And so she gives a rough translation of the writing as a gift from on high. So possibly some kind of ghouled Trojan horse, given what we know of Argos. Hmm. And Elliot then reiterates to us, in case you have not seen Brief Candle, that on Argos there was nanotechnology that was used by the ghoul Pelops to artificially age the population to experiments of some kind. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so let's get a blood sample from some of the airmen here and maybe see if there's nanotechnology involved here. But first, they need to shut down the gate. So, yes, they do. Yes. So, the phone in Sam's office rings. Jack answers it. He listens a bit, says something, hangs up, and then gets over the radio to immediately recall Elliot and Haley back to his position in Sam's lab. And we do cut down to Elliot and Haley sort of. As the gate room, like, shield door slides open, 
he kind of peeks in and is like, are, really? Are, we're here. And he's like, no, come back now. So they do go. And this was mentioned in the commentary. And I also remember this was sort of a fandom discussion of did Elliot actually see something when he looked into the gate room that like tipped him off that this was still part of the training scenario? And ah, okay. Yeah. And they do mention in the commentary, there was apparently a, a bit of a different take where they actually ended up going into the gate room, but they ended up changing it a bit. So it was slightly more ambiguous, both for him and the audience about okay. like what was happening. So, but I do remember there being debates about like, what did Elliot actually see when he poked his head in? Ah, okay. Yes. So what it's been you... a debate for some time. Hmm? What yeah. side of the debate are you on? I think he saw something. Yeah. But kept playing along. Yeah. Um, so they're back in Sam's lab and they have apparently managed to get a blood sample because they're looking at one on like one of the microscope screens and it's full of nanobots and there's a lot of like just totally wild speculation happening here <laughs> that I'm just like why where what why how what I don't know like it's sci-fi speculation that just, I, I, like I, your first idea is spot on like I, like I get it but also like what? what? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Like, they're talking about how maybe, like, the nanobots are communicating with the device in the briefing room to make everybody act how they are, like some kind of brainwashing thing. But Haley shoots that down because there's no, like, radio signals basically being detected here from the nanobots. So, but basically, they need to go shut down the device and get control of the gate back. Like, that is their mission here shut down the device shut down the gate or get control of the gate. That's what they yeah. need to do. Um, unfortunately, that area of the SUC is very heavily guarded. So they decide to split up and quote unquote attack the briefing room and the gate room at the same time, which I'm like, if there's only four of you, why are you splitting up? I don't like, I didn't quite get it. Or maybe it just wasn't explained well because like what actually, like I get like, what actually happens makes sense, but the way it's explained here doesn't. So maybe it just wasn't really sort of talked about and explained well here before they do the thing. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But um, anyway, sounds like a good plan. So Jack tells them to take corridor C-19 and they head out. And one of my favorite scenes from Stargate happens here where once the cadets are on their way, Jack picks up the phone. We get sort of like... The slightly creepy close-up on Jack with the slightly creepy lighting where he... Or, no, 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 not here. Later. Sorry, not here. That's later. That's later. Never mind. Not here. Um, so he picks up the phone and tells somebody they're on their way. If you're not clued in already, I think at this point it's like, okay, something else is going on at yeah. this point. Yeah. Uh, so the cadets, the, the cadets bump into Sam in the hallway because they did not take corridor C-19. No. <laughs> by Jack. Uh, they pat her down for weapons and start debating if they can trust her. She says she escaped and asks after Jack. And so they take her back to her lab where Jack is once they sort of cleared her of having any weapons. And once they enter the lab, they see Jack untying the guard that they had tied up earlier. And you see kind of like Jack and Sam McShane like a look. And Jack tries to play it off like, I'm I'm going to interrogate this this guy. That's why 
I untied him. Right. So yes. I can interrogate him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guard starts to go for his weapon. Elliot shoots him. As everybody's kind of distracted, Sam reaches for Satterfield's handgun, points it at Jack. Jack's been compromised. Oh, no. And Jack's like, you've been gone for two minutes. There's no way. And Elliot's like, why did you pull us out of the gate room? And Jack's like, because it was an ambush. And I was like, I don't buy that. And just, like, shoots Jack. So, (laughs) which, I mean, that harkens back to what happened earlier. If you don't know, just, like, disable them, disarm them, get them out of the way, figure it out later. Uh, He then asks Sam to give Satterfield back her gun, which, luckily, Sam does comply with because, you know, these guys still have a job to do. So Sam's going to stay in the lab to try and work on a cure for this while they go and, like, back out to do the whole shutting down the device and getting control of the gate thing sorted out. Yes. And then once they're gone, she kind of looks over at Jack and and just goes, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Um, So the cadets have made it back to one of the access hatches, and apparently Grogan is going to go take out Daniel and Hammond's office while everybody else knows what they have to do, whatever that is. We're not told exactly at this point. Back in Sam's office, Jack is back awake and kind of pissed off about the the stunt that Sam pulled, but hey, it worked. It worked. So everything's still fine. This, the, the, this, the training is still on. Is still on. Still so, go. Yes. Still happening. Like, sorry, but it works. So. And also Hammond and staff from the Pentagon are watching this from the security office on level 16, which we then got to level 16, where we see General Kerrigan is there with General Hammond, which General Kerrigan's not from the Pentagon. He's from the Air Force Academy. Like, he's one of the professors that, in like, in Prodigy was there that Sam talked with, like, about yeah. Haley. Yeah. So, unless there's other people we don't see, but that's a very small office. So, unless General Kerrigan has been promoted and is now working with the Pentagon, because now he's also aware of the Stargate program when he wasn't before. I don't, I don't know. I'm just a little confused about, like, who the Pentagon staff are, because as far as I know, nobody here works for the Pentagon. Pentagon. Nobody like, works for the Pentagon. That's it. Like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. There is no staff at the Pentagon. Like, wink, Davis wink, isn't nudge, there. Nudge. Like, where is Davis? Davis is our, like, Pentagon liaison, dude. Where, Where is he? I don't know. He should be there. No, the real story is that he wasn't available that day. And so they were like, who do you this got? Guy, this guy. Let's bring this guy back. Yeah. Yeah. But they have a little chit-chat that lets the audience know what's going on. And this is the other scene that was added later when the episode came up short. But not the whole bit. Just this sort of, like, little chit-chat bit before Jack and Sam show up. So they had to, when they had to, like, shoot this, they had to, like, go back and be like, okay, what was the lighting? Where is everybody sitting? To try and match everything to what they had already shot when Jack and Sam showed up at, like, the end of this bit. So, but what we learn here is that these training sessions have apparently been going on for quite some time, and they have been very beneficial with new SGC recruits. And in next year's budget, Hammond is actually going to be proposing an off-world training facility, which sounds awesome. Man, big move. Uh, yes. You know what also would be awesome? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The off-world midpoint that we keep talking about so that they don't bring all sorts of stuff back to Earth. 
That would be so great. Maybe Why this could be both that... of those things in one. Why did that not get suggested first? I don't like, know. Hey, most of our adventures have been when aliens and pathogens and weird foreign objects related to aliens and pathogens have come back to Earth without any quarantine protocols whatsoever. How about we take them somewhere else? Maybe he's going to, like, shove that in under, under under the mat if he gets approval for the off-world training. Oh, and by the way, we'll also use this as the stop-off point. Sure. I don't know. But anyway. But we also learned that Lieutenant Elliot was apparently the top of his class at the Air Force Academy. Ooh. Uh, General Hammond then says something like the cadet should be exiting on level 27, but Kerrigan's like, ha-ha, Grogan's exiting on 26. So, ha-ha, they're not doing exactly what you think they would do, which mm-hmm. I think is good and interesting. Like, these, yes. these recruits are not just sort of following exactly the rule book, which means they might be successful in missions and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, Jack and Sam come into the room and Jack seems to think that Elliot knows that this is all still a test because of when he had to recall them from the gate room earlier. And apparently that whole thing was because SG3 came back from the mission early, but that's because they were under heavy fire from a ghouled off world. So like cut them some slack, Jack, please. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yes. That's totally fair. Uh, but also the cadets should just about be ready to uh, take down Daniel. So, we cut to Hammond's office where Daniel and Tilk are just sort of like chilling and waiting for whatever is about to happen to happen. And Daniel really likes this particular training scenario because Hammond's chair is really comfortable. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Then this is the scene. This is what I thought was happening earlier when Jack apparently calls him and we get, yeah, the creepy close up with the creepy lighting where he just goes, have fun, Daniel. And Daniel's like, <laughs> you told them to just like take me prisoner and not shoot me, right? Right, right? I'm not, right. they're not going to shoot yep. me, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> that is my favorite bit in the episode, yeah. too. Then we hear sort of like gunfire from off camera, and Daniel and Till grab their weapons and head out into the briefing room. And so it's time for the sort of like the, the final confrontation, if you will. We see the cadets sort of coming into the briefing room from all of the various stairwells that lead into that, that room. They're taking down the airmen that are on guard. Grogan ties to sort of like jump over like one of the railings to avoid being hit by Tilk, but Daniel manages to take him down with his that. Daniel then gets distracted by Satterfield, who's managed to creep in behind him, and she takes him down with an intar blast. Tilk gets taken down by Elliot. Uh, Elliot then tosses a C4 charge to Satterfield so they can blow the device on the table. He heads over to help Grogan up so they can get out of the briefing room. We've got 15 seconds on the timer, they're all out in the hall when Satterfield suddenly runs back into Hammond's office because the hallway they're in, there's like a door into the briefing room and then a door into Hammond's room, Hammond's office. So she heads into Hammond's office, make sure to like drag Daniel's body like out of the doorway and out of hopefully like the worst of the blast radius. Uh, we get the countdown and then no- nothing. And then what? What happens? Uh, so the cadets all head back into the briefing room and everybody's there, including Hammond and basically modeling clay. It doesn't really explode like C4 does, does it? Ha ha. Nah. Hey. Uh, Hammond welcomes them to Stargate Command. No, Jack was never shot. This was all part of the test. Haley didn't kill an SF. Those were all blanks. This is all a setup from the time Jack got that phone call uh, about the non-existent foothold situation. (laughs) Grogan got himself shot Again, 
but you know in general it wasn't this it was pretty good it was pretty good so um there's but, always one there's a yeah but uh like so speaking of how everybody did where where's Haley? because she's not there oh she must still be down in the gate room because like they can't get her over on the radio and we get the announcement of an unscheduled off-world activation they rush over to the window that overlooks the gate room and see Haley down at the sort of master control box if you will trying to like shut down the gate close the iris something sam grabs elliot's radio calls for Haley to evacuate but she just ignores them the wormhole activates sparks shoot out from that control box and Haley gets knocked to the ground oh no Haley! Ah! they all head down to the control room sam can't get the iris to close there's a message on one of the screens that says warning radiation levels high sam tells hammond that you know they need to evacuate this level like right now so he calls over the radio and does so like this is not a test evacuate this level what about Haley? she's already dead grogan asks about the radiation and sam says it's probably gamma from that ghoul that sg3 were running from there's kind of a weird cut here i don't know like what happened but it's like, it's gamma radiation, ah, cut to the exact same scene. I don't know. It was just kind of weird, I noticed. Mm, I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, okay, so why won't the iris close? Well, so in the test scenario, Haley was tasked with shutting down the gate. She is exceptionally intelligent and may have figured out how to bypass the normal controls to just... Uh, I sort of isolate the controls like in the gate room from the sort of the mainframe controls. So basically the mainframe controls are offline. Jack recommends heading up to level 16 to monitor the situation from there. So as the group exits from the elevator, they're all kind of like, what's going on? How could this have happened? This is sort of worst case scenario where we have a cadet and training and there's this actual real life event happening and blah. And oh but, man. Um, but we see as they get off the elevator, Elliot is kind of like lingering in the back. And as they all turn a corner, Elliot turns around and heads back to the elevator completely unnoticed. And they reach the security room and Sam's key card is missing. <gasps> what? Elliot, you scoundrel. He did. He snatched it up, headed back down to the gate room so he could get Haley. They spot him on the cameras and Hammond orders him to stay out of the gate room. Because like, if you go in there, you'll die. But Elliot goes in anyway, manages to get the iris closed. He checks on Haley, who's still alive, calls for a medical team. He, like, picks up Haley to, like, get her to the infirmary or wherever as the blast doors all open and everybody is in the control room applauding. And everybody says yay! Yay! Oh, hero! That was all part of the test, too. And Haley's like, you can put me down now. I'm a okay because she wasn't on it too since she needed to be able to like show them the nanobots on the microscope earlier uh they come down into the gate room and hammond assigns elliot to sg17 which is an exploration unit and the other three will also be assigned to various sg units as spots open up jack and elliot exit the gate room together and jack's like you knew it was a test when you shot me right now it's like yes i did oh yeah. yep mm -hmm. and then jack's like oh so you think the test is over now is the klaxons blare and the red lights start going off as we fade to black and we have reached the end theoretically yes 
the test, within the test, within the test. So yeah, more and more I think about it. I, I like my made up theory that they all were actually already accepted into the SGC. They were just all kind of auditioning for off-world teams. Yes, I like that. That makes a lot more sense to me than just working at the SGC in general. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's plenty of work to do in the SGC itself that's not just off-world stuff. Well, it makes also sense at the end that they would say, you know, everybody's been accepted. We're just going to add them to units as they free up. Yes. And this is also apparently the first mention of SG-17. So teams are expanding all the time. Yeah. So many teams. Holy crap. There are 17 teams. That's a lot of stuff to coordinate and a lot of planets. Yeah. A lot of stuff to manage. Mm -hmm. A lot of briefings. Yes. They need a bigger room. (laughs) They need more hours in the day, I think, really. (laughs) Yeah. Unless it's just like a rotating schedule. There's only so many missions a day and they just rotate through the teams. You know, like I doubt there's like 17 teams. Like there's no way all the teams would be off world at the same time. That's a good point of... In theory, how many, if things are all running smoothly, how many teams are off-world at one time? Yeah. I mean, I would say at most 50% of however many teams are. Yeah. In case there's, you know, backup needed, if there's issues at the base, if there's issues off-world. Yeah. I say at most 50%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, how how much in between time is there in the rotation? Oh, yeah, downtime between missions. Yeah. That's probably governed by, like, Air Force regs, which I don't, you know, I'm not part of the Air Force. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure that's written in somewhere. Oh, yeah. Hey, if anybody knows. Yeah. (laughs) Are you in the Air Force? Let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your on-time, off-time rotation might be if you were in the SGC. Yes. Please yep. let us know. Yeah. Yep. Um, a couple of final sort of fun facts for this episode in general. It was nominated for a Leo Award for Best Director for a Dramatic Series. Oh, really? It's cool. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And also, I don't know why this is mentioned in like trivia in places, but apparently this was Michael Shanks' 100th episode. Oh, yay. Because Wormhole Extreme wasn't because he missed that one episode because his appendix almost exploded. So. Yeah. You missed one back then. Funny. But anyway. It's yeah. a good episode to make as yeah. his 100th episode. But his, his 100th episode is not Stargate's yeah. 100th episode, which is a like, mm. Mm. missed it by that much. Well, you know, that's an interesting piece of trivia that may win you Stargate Trivia Night. Michael Shanks' 100th episode was Proving Ground, not mm-hmm. Wormhole Extreme. Was episode yes. 101. Yes. There you go. Depending on where they aired. <laughs> <laughs> I think this aired in the same order everywhere. Okay. So, All right. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so the episode title Proving Ground, according to Dictionaries Online, uh, Proving Ground is a terrain or installation for testing weapons, military equipment, or tactics. Which Makes basically sense. the SGC was turned into one giant proofing ground. Um, we did have a couple. This one, actually, I would say 
may not qualify for the title of extreme measures. <laughs> no. Yeah. This might be the one <laughs> that, <laughs> that doesn't quite fit extreme measures. No. Yeah. I would say, yeah. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so we did have some fun foreign territory titles. Uh, in French and Czech, it was known as trial by fire. Oh, yes. In German, it was just trial. Oh, no fire. Okay. No fire, just trial. And then in Hungarian, it was field of actions. Field of actions. Ooh, okay. Yes. Which may just be the, the literal translation of the idiom proving ground, you know, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, one fact, I forgot to mention this last time, but um, a couple episodes ago, there had been, like, Amanda Tapping had a video diary on the DVDs. Right. And on the previous DVDs, because this started the new DVD, this was disc four of the DVD set. But on disc three, there's a Christopher Judge video diary, which oh. was fun. But it's basically behind the scenes for the episode The Warrior, which is coming up in, like, four or five weeks from now. <laughs> So, oh, that's funny. I know. So I'm not going to talk about it, but there is some interesting stuff on there. So if you've seen The Warrior, go ahead and watch Christopher Judge's video diary on disc three of the DVDs. If you have not seen The Warrior, don't because it completely spoils everything about that episode. That's funny. <laughs> so I, I I made a note on my little like list of notes so we can sort of talk about some of this stuff when we actually get to that episode in our rewatch so oh good okay yes uh so final thoughts on proving ground i liked it it was it was very light yes and like i said a lot of a lot of effort to go through for just recruiting a few people so in which case i wonder if this is what they do for anybody auditioning for an off-world team yeah. And do they do the same scenario? Do they come up with new ones? Who writes them? Do they have just, you know, a brain a brain meeting of throwing out stuff? A table reading? Oh, yeah. Rehearsals? I mean, like, okay, so we've talked about, like, who's the Gould interior designer? Is there an SGC script writer? Right. Maybe. Who Are knows? Horror scenarios. Is somebody at the Pentagon tasked with reading through SGC mission files and coming up with training scenarios for new yeah. recruits? I mean, Maybe. probably. Maybe that's General Kerrigan's job. Maybe that's why he's there. Maybe he's the guy who wrote this thing. Oh, I like it. Maybe. Let's do it. Okay. We'll just yeah. go with yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find us on Instagram at SG underscore rewatch and now on Discord. Please check the link in the show notes. And you can always email us at woo, that's W-O-O-S-G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for 48 Hours. Bye. Bye.